0: hi i'm daniel and i'm peter and we are parents of two children alberto and rosina each week we sit down together and chat about the reality of raising children so if you're a new parent expecting or just want to see what it's all about this is the place for you this This is is the the parent parent sesh Welcome back to the Parents Edge Podcast. We are down a host this week. It is just yours truly, Riding Solo. So hopefully you're all ready to hear my voice for however long I get this podcast episode to go for. Uh, Sorry we didn't catch you last week. Uh, Life as parents does happen. We are trying to be a bit more current with this season, so we are recording not so much in advance, we are trying to keep it a little bit closer to when we release the episode, just so we can engage you guys a bit more and have more input from you to us and back to you guys in the same time. So yeah, a bit's happened in the last couple of weeks, we've had some family illness, just within the four of us, nothing too stressful, but it's just made life a bit more difficult to try and get a podcast episode out. And football's back on, Alberto's loving doing that. Uh Racina's coming more into her own. So we've just had a lot going on. And that's why we couldn't get to an episode last week. But we wanted to come back this week and then illness struck again. So last week it was Racina was sick, which made life hard. And then This week, it's been pretty much Peter has been sick since about Wednesday. So, and I'm recording this on Sunday night. So it's been about five days of solo parenting, and that's been the challenge. So that's what I thought I'd make this episode about, is doing it tough when someone in your family is sick and you've got to parent by yourself. Before I start with what it's like parenting on your own, I want to, I guess, talk a little bit about the power of having both of you fully fit and parenting your children together. Because that is, I tell you, when you have someone sick, you take that for granted, how easy it is to sort of just have this seesaw between the two of you where you can both kind of juggle and one steps in and one steps out and then you do it together it really does make things a lot easier and when you're down, down a man or down a woman, it makes life really hard and I can totally have a new appreciation for how all the single parents out there do it because it is a journey to go ahead and do this full time. So props to you. Parenting with both of you is where you can really make a good impact. And there's some strength and unity about it, particularly when it comes to the children not listening. Because when one parent starts to get a little bit elevated in their emotions, they become a little bit frustrated. The other parent can just come in with the calm tone, bring the whole situation under control and the end goal can be achieved. Whether that be putting the kids in the shower, whether that be eating their dinner or just packing away their toys or just even getting them to bed. There's some semblance of calm that the second person can bring in. Because the first person is trying their best, the kids aren't listening. But then the second person just has that ability to be removed from the situation and just come in and make the difference. Whereas when you only have the one, it's just you. You're only relying on that feeling that you've got. So I'll I'll give an, an example when it is time for bed with the kids and we're at the dinner table, we're finished dinner and then it's on to, all right, go get in your pyjamas, Alberto. It's time for bed. If I'm just saying it, Alberto will resist it straight away. He has this resistance level 100 and just steps on the accelerator to go even further into it. And I can try as, I'm, as I might and I just... I keep getting a brick wall and then my frustration levels get elevated and then potentially before you know it, it's World War 3 in the house. But with both of us fit and healthy, Peter can come in and just bring that calm, bring the whole situation down. And then it also, it just not only calms Alberto, but it also calms me down. And we both get to get the kids to bed in a calm manner without any any trouble. It's so powerful To make that stuff happen. But there's other things too. Like we went to the football the other week. And like this is a completely different example. And we went to the game. And we brought the chairs, the mat, the snacks. And we just wanted to get the kids there safely. From the car park to the ground. And then be able to watch the game. Both of us there. One could pack the pram. One could walk the, the oldest carry the snacks and you're both able to kind of walk there comfortably and sort of in strength in numbers i guess with two of you it makes it so much easier to do the setup process and everything like that but then on the same day i you know being in my football element became a bit social so i stepped away and within that half an hour that i was not there I also got stung by a bull ant, like, multiple times. Uh, Racina was crying, and then Peter was by herself, juggling the two kids, and already had started not feeling well herself. So that was when, kind of, she started not feeling great. And, (laughs) meanwhile, I'm over there having a beer, talking to my friends, having some food. I come back, not a semblance of thing in my mind has gone wrong. But then I hear about everything that's happened, and I'm like, oh... And everything was calm by the time I got back, but it took a lot of effort to get to that because she was by herself. But had I been there, had been able to maybe take Racina away and distract her while Alberto was getting tended to, or I could take Alberto and Peter could take Racina, there's just something about having both of us there capable that we can support and do each other's roles. But when it is just the the one of us, it does make that that little bit trickier in those types of situations. So that's what uh, I, I guess I wanted to provide that context first before I talking about what it's actually been like by myself because this isn't the first time that it's happened. So last when we come back, I'll get into that straight after this. <laughs> So parenting on your own, especially knowing that there's your other parent that's parenting with you, is just in the other room, but they basically can't get up or function because of how sick they might be, is really mentally challenging. Everything falls on you. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, We go back to when Peter had her hyperemesis, and you can go and listen to that episode. It's actually our first ever episode we, we released. If you haven't already uh, gone back to it. Do recommend you listen to it in order. It just gives you a nice picture of, of us as a family. But that period there. That was about eight months of me and Alberto. Basically I was effectively raising him by myself. For that eight month period. The only benefit the only thing that could have kept us going was knowing that Peter was in the other room, if Alberto needed a cuddle, or if there was just this extreme situation that I could not handle. She was just there for either guidance or just to comfort Alberto for five minutes before I had to either get into bed or into his bath or whatever it was. But it's so mentally draining because every day you're waking up and everything falls on you from the moment you're up and the kids are up it is non-stop and I'm not obviously preaching anything that any parents listening to this don't know already but if you don't have kids or you're expecting this is what it's like it's it's that non-stop from start of the day to the when they go to sleep at night and even after because there's other things that you've got to do as well especially if you're doing it by yourself it's not just a case of there's breaks in between or you get to stop. It's just go, go, go. I think for me too, uh, having a full-time job adds to the stress of that because you're getting up. Uh, like a, what a, This is what a day looks like. All right? You get up. You, For example, right now we've got the two kids. So Alberto gets up. Rosina gets up. I get up, change her nappy, send her out into the lounge room. And then I have to go into the kitchen and unload the dishwasher, get the, the breakfast ready for both kids, uh, get the coffees ready for Peter and I to have, take it to her in her bedroom, get her something to eat because she's not feeling well, so she needs food. Uh, then as the kids are eating their breakfast, I will then go in and make Alberto's lunch for school. And get that ready. So packing his lunchbox, making a sandwich, getting all that stuff all organized. Then, depending on whether I'm working in the office or working at home, I've either got to get myself ready for work or I've got to get Alberto ready for school. So after he's finished his breakfast, have got to get him ready for school. Now if you've got both parents, that process can become a lot easier. Because I could make the breakfast, Peter might make the lunch. We both help getting Alberto ready for school. And it's just a shared duties and there's not a lot of stress on top of things. We can take care of things and save time. But when you're by yourself, that prospect becomes... (laughs) Oh man, last week, Alberto just did not want to get ready for school. And every time I asked him, it was met with a fierce no. And it just did not matter what approach I tried... It just wouldn't happen. It came to a bit of a head on Friday, I think it was. And it it just wasn't a really nice morning. He, he made life really difficult. And it was probably partly my fault, if I'm being honest, as much as it was his. But because I was, you know, trying to do everything, my patience wore thin. And my frustration came a lot quicker than potentially if we had the both of us. So that just, that's the little nuances that can happen. Uh, so getting him ready for school, it's either a nice five-minute process or it's either a 15 to 20-minute, he's-now-going-to-be-late process. And when you're doing it by yourself, there's no reprieve. There's none of this, oh, can you just handle this? No. The other problem I guess I run into a little bit too is Peter just needs some time to rest and recuperate. But the kids always default to her. So Alberto will open the door and just run in there for a cuddle. And it's nice, it's sweet, and it's definitely something that you don't want to lose. But in that moment, when you're trying to keep her separated so she can rest, sleep, read, whatever it is, that's the last thing that you need to happen. And then it also doesn't feel nice for myself, because I'm trying really hard to keep them engaged out here, but all they want to do is go in there. So it can be a bit of a mental mental battle with that side of things too. But then you get Alberto to school, or I get myself to work. Either way, I'm working that day, whether it's at home or in the office. You're up there in the office all day, and then you face an incredibly long commute home, or... You finish work at home at five, and then you've got to do what comes after that, which is getting dinners ready, which is showers, which is packing away the dishwasher, doing the washing, yeah, tidying on the floor, packing away toys, and then it's the process of bedtime, getting them in their pajamas, reading them bedtime stories. Dealing with the requests that come once you put them to bed, fill up my drink bottle with ice, I'm still thirsty, come and tuck me in, bring me a book to read. There's whole that sort of stuff and you don't really get to lie down and sit down until well like an hour after they've gone to bed. And, And then when your partner is sick, then it's on to you for dinner. So you've either got to order dinner, which is probably not the ideal option, but it happens, or you got to make dinner. So there's so many things that you just don't consider that when someone is sick, what impact it can have on a family dynamic. And I know this probably isn't news to a lot of parents that are listening, but if you're becoming parents for the first time, it's just, it's just going to happen. And I think the, the way to get through it is just to know that, but it doesn't mean that when you're living it, it's easier. It is a mental challenge. It is something that you just have to to do. Doesn't mean you're gonna handle it well. That's what I'm gonna say. Doesn't mean you're gonna handle it well because it's not an easy thing to handle. It's not something that you'll be enjoying handling either. It's just something you have gotta do. And then once the partner gets better, don't you just don't take it for granted. <laughs> just just be appreciative of living in that moment and living unified together being able to do things together because it does make things a whole lot easier well on the other side of this so this this will be a bit of a shorter episode uh we're going to bring chat gpt back see what they have to say on this matter after this I just want to say that Hamish and Andy Podcast come back and they have done Chat GPT So, who's ahead of the curve? The Edge Podcast. In any case, I thought we'd bring it back. It's a very handy, useful resource. That's a good sentence. If you haven't used it yet, give it a crack. It is either really, really fun to use or you actually can get some decent results out of it for whatever topic you need help with. This is one of them. So I asked it, what is some advice to help parents when one parent is sick and can't help? And it's titled the post, Parenting Tips for Sick Parents. And it's exactly what I was looking for. So I'll just read through its response and I guess just evaluate based off my experience what is a good one and what is one that you maybe don't need to worry about. So, this is what it's come back with. When one parent is sick and unable to help with the usual parenting duties, it can be a challenging and stressful time for the other parent. Yeah, yep, that's that's true. Here are some tips to help you navigate this situation. Alright, get to the good stuff. Number one, ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out to family, friends or neighbours for help with tasks such as cooking, cleaning or taking care of the children. You can also hire a temporary babysitter or nanny to help you out during this time well that's a perfect example of lost touch (laughs) it is not that easy to just hire temporary babysitters or nannies to help you out during difficult periods that i think is a it's a realistic one for the asking for help but you've also got to be mindful of the fact that it's not as easy as well for family and friends to just drop their lives to come and help too they've either got work or they have things going on and you have to sometimes weigh up whether it's worth having someone else become inconvenienced to help your situation of course if it does get to that stage that's what you can do the second part though about the babysitter uh, yeah i'm my currently on tv is the real housewives of Beverly Hills, and they have nannies even when they're not sick. So, and they're not temporary. They live in. So, can't all be like that though. All right. (laughs) Number two says, prioritize tasks. Focus on completing the most essential tasks first and let go of non-essential tasks that can wait until the sick parent is feeling better. This will help you conserve your energy and reduce stress. Yes. That is accurate. I think it depends on what their priority tasks are. You could be doing them anyway, like the washing of their school uniforms, the dishwasher so they have clean dishes to eat food from. And then I guess it depends on what you class as non-priority tasks. If you don't prioritize like keeping the toys tidy, for example, that could potentially wait. However, it also depends on how long your partner's going to be out for. Peter's been sick for about five, six days and I don't really think it would be fair to just let the toys pile up for that amount of time. So it could just be a case of rather than it being a daily job, being a, a twice uh, by daily, daily twi- every two days. Yeah, that sounds right. So there's things that would become priority uh, and you just got to, power through those and i guess try and do two things at the same time if that makes sense so for example if i'm making the oats in the morning i'm unstacking the dishwasher at the same time just trying to maximize the time in a a space to get the task done number three keep the sick parent comfortable yeah make sure the sick parent is comfortable and has everything they need to rest and recover Encourage them to stay hydrated and take any medication as prescribed by their doctor. Yes. It almost becomes like another child. Just because they aren't necessarily able to function properly. Like they can't go and fill up their drink bottle. They won't be able to go and make themselves something to eat. Like they can do basic tasks because they're an adult. Like go to the toilet, have a shower, all that sort of stuff. But the other things that require them bit more energy a bit more mental capacity they might just not have it so making sure you bring them stuff like water and food and just all around general welfare checks every time you sort of go and speak to them can really help keep their sanity i know when peter had her hyperemesis she was locked in a room with no windows open no natural light for basically the entire pregnancy And that was a case of making sure her welfare mentally was good as much as it was her physical being. So welfare checks throughout that period will also be beneficial, not just the physical side of things, because it can be hard, it can be lonely, it can be very, very isolating. Number four, communicate with your children. Talk to your children about the situation and reassure them that the sick parent will get better soon. Be honest about what is happening and provide age-appropriate explanations. Yeah, I've tried speaking to Alberto about it, but he doesn't seem to grasp the concept of the fact that his presence can add to the sapping of energy, because he's jumping around on the bed, he's constantly demanding cuddles. Very sweet, of course, but he also then jump on her for the cuddle not just a nice soft entry just a launching of himself he'll throw an airplane around her in the room he'll leave the door open so we comes in and she's obviously one and a half so she has no concept of whether mama is sick or not so yes there is an element of being able to talk to your children but they will most likely just do what they want so for me it's keeping them separate As much as you possibly can. And letting them in in key moments. Such as when they're going to school for the day to say goodbye. Or if they're going down to sleep. Letting them come in and say goodnight. Those key little moments are probably the better ones. Because they're structured. You know that there's an end point to it. Whereas the other ways it can be a little bit more uh, stressful for the sick person. Number five. There's only six, so there's two more to go. Number five, take care of yourself. It's important to take care of your own physical and mental health during this time. Make sure to eat well, exercise and take breaks when you need them. Remember that it's okay to ask for help and take time for yourself. Yeah, that's probably the one I struggle with the most in this situation. Just because there isn't a time for a break, really. Like, especially working full time, it's... You're you're up doing things right up until you start work And then as soon as work's finished You're back into action So there's the break time really comes afterwards And the person that's sick Kind of wants you to spend time with them Because they've been sick all day Lonely So you kind of have that responsibility So there's a lot to consider uh, That of course can be your break time as well Spending time with your partner Who's not feeling well chuck the TV on, have something to eat, but the thing about eating well and exercising, the eating well, yeah, you probably should, because it will make things easier once you get out of this period, but sometimes you just got to do what you can do to get through, and if that means having something to eat to comfort you, then I guess it's okay, but yeah, you probably do just, just control it a bit better. So when you get back, it's not so hard. The last one, be patient and flexible. Remember that this is a temporary situation and it will pass. Be patient with yourself and your children and be flexible with your routine and schedule as needed. Yes, the reminder that it will pass, I think, is the key one. When I first went through it with hyperemesis, uh, back with Racina's pregnancy, it was... One of those things where you just didn't know it was going to end. Because you weren't even sure that pregnancy was going to fix it. It was just, well, this is just just our life now. (laughs) But it ended. As soon as Racina was born, Peter bounced immediately back physically. Mentally, it still took some time. But the thing for me is every time we get thrust into a situation where Peter gets hit with a cold or a flu and she does get back into a situation where she can't get out of bed and becomes bit harder for her to do stuff like that. That throws me straight back there. And the, each day it goes on, you're like, okay, it's another day. Uh, it's another another example of this is not stopping. And you just uh, are, again, in a situation where you're like, well, okay, <laughs> this this can't be happening again. But then it ends, everything gets back into a normal sort of routine and and feels better again. So yeah, just be wary that it is going to end. You have to do a lot of deep breathing and remember they're only kids. This is more a reminder for myself. I think like you forget sometimes that yes, they can talk back to you. They're having conversations. They're walking themselves to school. But he's five and you forget that. I forget that. So, good little reminder some time and thank you ChatGPT. Well, look, that's it for this week. There's not much more I really need to add uh on this. This is basically just a uh, an episode that I wanted to bring out there just based on current life events and also just to showcase that we can still do this even with the, even with a team member down. But next week, we should be back to full capacity. Uh, Peter's already showing signs of coming out the other end of the sickness, the flu that she's got. So next week, we'll be back with a full episode. We'll also be back with the visual podcast too. Didn't record this one visually. It's just me sitting on a lounge talking. Didn't think there needed to be any visuals (laughs) attached to that. Might upload, though, this week one of a segment from one of the other episodes so keep an eye out for that Uh, and come follow us on instagram and we do have a tiktok come follow us on youtube subscribe to the podcast whatever platform you're listening on give us a rating will might help us get discovered a bit quicker and next week we'll be back uh, talking about what it's like transitioning from one child to two that's going to be fun all right we'll see you next week